start this morning is something I, was, I think needs to be said. I want to say something about, since he was being mean to me before church, Brother John, Murphy, not the other John. I know they look alike, but this John, I'm talking about you now. We are so blessed to have this guy lead us in worship, you know it? God has really blessed you with him, or him with us, or whichever way. But he's talented, he can play the guitar, uh, he can sing great. But since we've been here now for three years, because Church of God kicked me out and we had nowhere to go, so we can be here. But uh, it wasn't that that really has impressed. It is, he does it humbly. He's not all puffed up, walk around and say, oh, I can sing, you know, or something like that. But I think we are surely best. Thank you, Brother John, for giving to the Lord. Let's give him a round of applause. He deserves it. And he promised me $5 if I'd say all that, so. Oh my, I told you, let this guy get loose and he'll say anything. A couple of weeks ago, I preached up at the Faith Church up in Hayden. Uh, and I told a story. Now, if you saw the video, you already heard it, so take a nap while I tell it. Uh, and some of you were up there uh, when I preached a few weeks ago and heard it. So, But, you know, there have been people who have asked over the years, do our pets go to heaven? Well, let me tell you a story that I heard a while back. There was a cat, and he died, and he went to heaven. And God was there and he welcomed the cat in. And he said, now, now that you're here, to the cat, now that you're here, anything you want, just ask. And the cat thought for a moment. He said, you know, I lived all my life on a farm and every night I had to sleep on that cold, hard floor. God said, say no more. Poof. There was a great big fluffy pillow and gave it to the cat. Cat was all happy and he took it and he went to wherever cats go in heaven, huh? Somewhere. It was a few days after that, there was a tragedy on earth. Five mice died. And they went up to heaven and God welcomed them in, into heaven. And God said to them, you know, now that you're here, if there's anything you want, just ask. And one mouse stood up and said, well, all of our lives, we've been chased by dogs, we've been chased by cats, and we've been chased uh, by women with brooms. God said, say no more. Poof, he gave them all a pair of roller skates. And they all put them on, they skated off to wherever the mice go. Well, after a couple of days, God went over to check on the cat and he went up to the door and looked in the window. There was that cat sound asleep on that fluffy pillow. He knocked on the door and the cat got up and answered. And God said, I just come to see how, how you're doing up here. 
And the cat said, let me tell you, God, this pillow is so comfortable and so fantastic. And those Meals on Wheels you've been sending me were delicious. <laughs> Faith Church laughs better than y'all. If you would open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That's why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know what Paul's speaking about here? He's speaking about the church. You know, the church has been attacked from its very beginning. Day one, it was being attacked. And it, it continues to be attacked today even more so. Did y'all ever use one of these? Don't ever use it. Every time you get to something, it goes to the end of the sermon. I guess that's to warn me to keep it short. But anyhow, uh, even more so today, the church is being attacked. And this COVID thing has really uh, took its toll on the body of Christ. All my life, I can never remember the church ever closing its doors and locking up like we saw. And I even grew up in snow country. They never closed the door. Even if we had a deep, deep snow, they're always open. We always had church. Well, the virus came, the doors were locked. But praise the Lord, we were able to have a time of worship online. We still had some kind of connection. Devil couldn't defeat us all the way, could he? But I believe the real trouble began when the church opened again and many people never came back. 
That's a problem. Of course, today there's a lot of other things and people that are attacking the church. And the sad thing is, these attacks are not just coming from the outside, they're coming from the inside. You know, recently, a, rage, a, a major denomination split because of opposition within the body. The sad. Some stood upon the word of God. Others chose to tolerate sin. Now, call it like I see it. Statistics continue to show the church today is in decline and has been for several years. But what really gets my goat is to hear people proclaim that the church is not relevant any, anymore. And what makes me sad also is that some of them may be right. Meaning that the church is not being the church. You know, when we begin to count down the tool that these things are taking, it's not just about attendance. It's about people not being the church. That's our big problem. The lack of involvement in the service of the Lord. Being the church in this ungodly world. Taking a stand on the word of God. And moving the kingdom of God forward. Again, I read verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people for what? Works of service. You see, Church isn't just the preacher's job or John's job or the teacher's job. Or they're given to us to prepare us, to equip us for our works. Listen to this. I believe that God started the church as he wanted it. And he wants the church as he started it. Did you get that? God started the church as he wanted it. And he wants the church like he started it. He didn't change. We did. We did. I mean, look at what we have today. Church has become a place of entertainment, popularity, and complacency. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't use every legitimate tool available to us to win people to Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that God can't use uh, creative and performing arts, because I love the arts. 
I'm not saying that technology shouldn't be used to spread the gospel. I'm simply saying that along with everything else the church is and does, I ask you, is it feeding the empty soul? Is it? If the church is not the church that God intended her to be, no amount of success or popularity will ever fill the soul. Amen? Give me one. More amens I hear, the shorter I preach. No amens, you might as well sit back. Discouragement and despair are filling the halls of the churches throughout the world. It appears that the church is becoming a thing of the past. But take heart. This old ship has faced many of storms. This old ship has been battered. Its sails have been torn. It has been taking on water. But praise God, he has always brought her through and he always will. We may lose a battle now and then, but God has already won this war. Amen? So when you face those battles, you feel like you're going to lose a battle now and again, but God's already won this war. Don't let that make you give up. And now it's up to us to continue to build and move the church forward by being the body. We, uh, as born-again believers, we become, Christ is the head, we are the body, and we all have a part to play. I mean, our hands, we all got fingers. If we don't do anything with them, what good are they? They're for a purpose, aren't they? God has given us all a purpose. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, I posted on the church website a week or so ago about this lady I loved, Lula Dando. And I'm going to make this real short. When we were young, I was, between, I was eight years old, but she'd take a, every Sunday afternoon after church, she would gather together all the kids that would go eight years old to 12 years old. And we would go to the home of invalids, people who were unable to get out. Some were, couldn't get out of bed and crippled or sick or what have you. We would go to somebody's house every Sunday and we'd make a cycle till we got them all uh, covered. Then we'd start it again. We'd go to their house and we would take food. We would eat with them, provide a meal for them. We'd all eat together. And then we'd sit around and talk a little bit. And I always remember the faces of those people that looked like they were hurting. They all had a smile for some reason. Then after we were done talking a little bit, we had church. We would sing those old hymns and then old Lulu would pick uh, well, she'd do it beforehand. She would ask for volunteers. Who would preach? And one of the kids would, really wasn't preaching, I guess, maybe just sharing a small message, short, very short sermon. Then we'd pray with the people and about their needs and for everything, and then we'd leave. 
Lula Dando taught us kids that church doesn't end in this building. We are here to become equipped, motivated, encouraged to go and to share the word of God. That's why the church exists. There was a song, I don't remember the title of it, probably some of the words, several years ago, but it always spoke to me. It says, if we're the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing that there is a way? That is a great description of the church. We are the body of Christ, and being the body of Christ, the church, our arms need to be reaching. Hands healing, words teaching, feet going, and the biggest one, love showing. And I know in these days and ages, it's pretty hard to time, find the time and energy to take care of ourselves, let alone reaching out to other people, but yet that's the way God wants us to be. If I were to, to define the church in one word, it would be love. Love. We read in the scriptures that God is love. And so is his church. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world. But he didn't just say it in words. He showed it in action, didn't he? For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus died upon that cross while we were yet sinners. And folks, there is no greater love than that. There just isn't any greater love than that. And the Lord has given us an example to follow as the church. The Bible tells us that we are to love others as God has loved us. That should be what we base everything upon. Just like God has loved us, we are to love others. In every single premarital counseling session I ever had on the very first session, I always share that real love is not in the getting, it's in the giving. When you ask them what love is, oh, I love her because, you know, 
she makes me food or <laughs> does good things for me. She makes me feel good and this and that. And she'll say the same. Oh, he's so wonderful. He does it. Well, that might be a part of it. But the real love can be found in the giving. And if we could remember that, that would solve a whole lot of problems and marriages. Because love is found in the giving. Like God has given to us. And being the church isn't based upon how many people are sitting in a pew. That's how we judge churches anymore, isn't it? How many people are going there. And being the church isn't how noisy we can get or anything else. It's about how we love others. Let me ask you a question. Without you telling them, how do people know that you're a Christian? Because you don't cuss? Because you don't drink? Because you don't run around? Or maybe because you're always in church. But you know, they should know that we're Christians by our love. By not the love we talk about, but the love that we give, the love that we share, the love of God they can see within us. That's the church. And the way the body of Christ expresses God's love is by arms reaching, reaching out to the lost. Folks, they're not going to come to you. God called us to go to them. To be the church, we, our hands must be healing, doing all that we can do to help ease the pain that so many people are experiencing. Words teaching. Teaching, folks, there is a better life in Christ. Feet going. Not laying around just listening, but feet that are up and going into the world, all the world, and sharing that great news. And love showing. Showing people that there is a way to be set free from the torture and pain and struggle of this life. Because in Christ, there's always hope. No matter what, there's always hope. Let the church be the church. That's basically what the writer Paul's saying here. He's saying, grow up, church. Quit sucking on the bottle of milk. It's time you ate some good stuff. We had that in Sunday school lesson a few weeks ago. In just a moment, we're going to give you the invitation to come to these altars. And as the pastor set up, this altar over here, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, I invite you to come meet him today. Your life will never be the same. The Lord will take your life and he'll change you. 
And maybe you have accepted the Lord, but you've wandered away for whatever reason. I invite you to come. He's waiting here for you. He's come down here for you. Here, if you need healing today, you'll be anointed and prayed for and healed. You got to believe that part too, you know. We don't go through the motions here. We believe. And over here, you come to pray about something in your life. Come here to pray for someone else. And I've preached this many times. But you know, this altar is also a place to come and give God thanks and praise for what he's been doing in your life lately. Yeah, you can do it back there. But give him a little bit more honor and get on your feet and go there. That's what the altars are for. That's what the church is for. Folks, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. And it's up to us to go to them and to show them Jesus. Let the church be the church. Let me just end by saying this. And this song, too, I've always been into music, so songs have always moved me. But this one, just listen to the words. I hope it moves you. Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care, headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries that only Jesus hears. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? Listen to this one. We are called to take his light to a world where wrong seems right. What could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost? Through his love, our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear the words of life only we can share. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When, we, when will we realize that we must give our lives for people need the Lord? Our Father and our God, I've shared what you laid on my heart now, and I ask that your spirit would now speak to us all. Speak to us, Lord, where we have fallen short. Speak to us, Lord, where we need to get busy. Show us, Lord, where to go, what to say, what to do. Lord, now as we come to this time, very special time, Lord, we are going to, some are going to come to this altar of prayer. And I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would work a miracle in their lives.
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I invite you to come as we stand and sing.